Thank you for tuning in to this edition of the Lance Browning Show. Today, I will be joined by Jacob Buer, who is associated with the Indiana High School Republicans. Jacob is a conservative teen, and I'm happy to have him on my show today. So let's go ahead and get started. The president tested positive for COVID-19 on Thursday evening, and he announced it early Friday morning. He stayed at the White House until Friday evening, but then was taken to Walter Reed Medical Center due to concerns over access to care and his vital signs. He was discharged on Monday. Is the president fit to continue in his role as president of the the United States while recovering from COVID-19? So, great question. Um, First off, I'd like to tell all your viewers I'm very grateful to be on and to have the opportunity to talk on your show today. So it means a lot. Thank you. But um, I personally think that, yes, he is ready to govern again. Um, Even when he was at Walter Reed Hospital, you know, he was working in a conference room there. And, you know, he was on the phone with all his advisors, so he was definitely still getting things done. But, you know, hey, what's been happening all year? People have been getting COVID, and as they get better, they return to work, and they're good again. So it's just like the flu, you know. Um, He's back to his duty, and he's ready to govern again. (laughs) I think what's interesting is back in the 80s when Reagan got shot, he didn't invoke the 25th and the cabinet didn't invoke the 25th. I think it was when he had a procedure done years later that the 25th was temporarily invoked, but there's no reason for him to, you know, invoke the 25th right now because he is, you know, um, fit to govern at this point. So what effect does this have on the Trump campaign uh, 27 days out from election day? Good question. Um, So a guy by the name of Frank Luntz, who's a conservative comedian, uh, my bad, not a conservative comedian, a um, conservative figure. He's worked on many campaigns. Um, A big poll that he talked about and that he shared on Twitter the other day was when COVID is talked about, Biden leads 13% of the polls. When the economy is talked about, Trump leads 11% of the polls. So, you know, if Trump can shift a topic at the next debate or if Mike uh, against Kamala can talk about the economy achievements, you know, next week we're going to be seeing the Trump campaign leading in the polls because you see the shift from the week before where it was all about COVID to where, hey, let's look at the economy achievements now. Mm-hmm. So moving on to the Supreme Court, on September 18th, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away at the age of 87. There's a fight as to her successor. About two weeks ago, the president nominated Amy Coney Barrett to succeed her, but, you know, Democrats, they're not meeting with her, and they're pushing for a delay on her confirmation with the argument that we are too close to an election. So should the Senate confirm Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court? Absolutely, and here's why. Um, Forget about how we're both lean more Republican. Forget about that part. In previous presidential terms, and it's came down to this many times before an election, what has ended up happening when a Supreme Court justice resigns or unfortunately passes away during the election year? What have all, what have all the presidents done who have been in office during an election year? They have appointed and confirmed a new one, except Obama won in 2015, which is a long story. But should it be confirmed? Absolutely. Um, you have plenty of time between now and the election. And guess what? Even if you don't get it on between November 3rd and January 20th, 
if there's a new president going into office, you have a big span there as well to do a committee hearing. And in 2018, Republicans actually added to the Senate. Like we went from 52, I mean, 51 to 53 or something like that. We won in Indiana and um, North Dakota. And a big reason they wanted a Republican Supreme Court. And here's what you could tell. They were mad about how the Democrats treated Kavanaugh, mm-hmm. especially in the election year and everything. So, you know, there's a reason why we won two seats there. And mm-hmm. that's why we need to fulfill the duty to for a Supreme Court vacancy as yeah. soon as possible. Yeah, exactly. And um, I know Schumer and AOC and people like that, they do these press conferences and they say, you know, we need to wait till the American people have spoken. We speak every two years. So I think that argument is just baseless. So um, moving on to the next question. What are your thoughts on the Democrats' threats to eliminate the filibuster, pack the court, and add term limits to the Supreme Court if they take back the Senate next month? So good question. Um, If you read our Constitution, there's a reason why we have nine seats on the court. Um, There's a reason why there's really no good explanation for why we need to pack the court more. Um, So the only reason, this is just anybody really, if I was, I'm an independent thinker, I would say, and when I look at it, I'm saying, wow, um, why would you guys, if you guys all of a sudden won, why would you guys want to put six justices on? That's not fair. You guys get to put them on with your party members. That's not fair. It's really unconstitutional in my opinion, for one. And for two, um, again, I'm a big person on our constitution. Why was the constitution made? for reasons like this when we're considering adding things on and getting rid of things. And as a big constitutionist, I believe that it should stay at nine. And um, Democrats actually started this in 2013. You remember when they um, got rid of the filibuster for for Obama's nominees and so he could uh, get all his judges and his cabinet appointees in there. So they started it. And I remember Mitch McConnell said on the floor, you're going to pay for this maybe sooner than you think. And um, so Amy Coney Barrett has already been vetted and um, she went through this horrible confirmation battle in 2017. I just think it's messed up that these people want to take their hundred and whatever thousand dollar check and run at this point. So moving on to the 2020 election, the president has signaled his intent to debate Joe Biden next week. He should be out of quarantine by Monday, but some Democrats are already saying that he shouldn't debate. So just plain and simple, should the president debate next week? Absolutely. Um, Again, following CDC guidelines, um, he'll be good to go. All right. And unless people around him are still testing positive, he'll be good. Second, okay, fine. What have some people been doing? debates from their home and Senate races. Do a debate online then, but you're not going to be able to fake it out. You're going to have to do it one way or the other. And um, once the president does get out of quarantine, should we expect more rallies, like three rallies a day, or should we just expect a lighter transition to rallies such as like one a day, one every other day, something like that? So what should we expect out of the president? So, Good question. Um, again, based off how he feels about COVID now, he's a little bit older and how he's experienced it now. 
Um, he said that he feels the best that he's felt in 20 years. Really, what I think, it should be up to humans, all right? There are some Trump supporters who are at higher risk or are not going to his rallies, but would love to hear him speak still, and they're staying home and watching him from TV. So what I'm saying is, you know, um, out of all the people who are going at Trump rallies, yes, some of them are testing positive, but when you look at the bigger photo of it, are they dying or being hospitalized? The answer is no. So um, should we expect uh, in 27 days or whatever it is, do, do we need to expect to um, have the election results on election night or could it take weeks because of mail-in voting and, you know, they're threatening to take it to the Supreme Court already. So what should we expect on election night? Well, first off, although it would go to the Supreme Court, it would be weeks to get there, of course, because the judicial is a long process. But, um, you know, look at it this way. In every state for a primary, which majority of the primaries for each party were held between April and July and even some in August, they all did voting in person, majority of the people, unless they did an absentee ballot. However, though, let's get back to the point of the absentee ballot. People voted absentee in 2016, and were they able to have the election results on election night? Yes. So you had your chance. You heard about absentee ballots back in August. So you know what? If you wait until the last minute to try to get one and to return it in, it's not going to happen. So no, it should be in by election night. And I know that um, there was this rule, I don't know if it still exists, but in like Pennsylvania, you didn't have to return it for like three days. I think it was Pennsylvania, but that delays the results. And in these largely Democratic run states where Democrats are probably going to um, pick up a few House seats or a Senate seat, or maybe even the um, they'll vote for a Democratic president, they are not um, mandating that people turn in their ballots for three days, and I think that's terrible. Um, so, that's an easy waiver for any party or anybody who has control over that situation in any state, no matter who would be in office at the time the incumbent, that's an easy way to cheat, you know? Mm -hmm. That's like you saying, oh, um, so everybody else in the class is gonna take the test on Tuesday, but I get until Thursday. You can get the answers from somebody. That's cheating mm -hmm. right there. Same thing for an election. You can wait and say, oh, oof, not enough people voted Democratic in this election. Now I do need to vote as a Democrat to help the party out. And that's basically cheating right there. That's not playing by the rules. And we want a fair election process. Yeah, I know if there was 100% of the in-person voting and um, you had, you know, a day or two to turn in your ballot and, oh no, Democrats are down 30,000. And same thing, um, if Republicans did this, then I'd call them out for it because, you know, Absolutely. as you said, we want a fair election, but this isn't fair. And I saw an opinion piece the other day that entailed this exact scenario. So I don't know if that rule still exists. Um, I know there was something that got into the courts, so I don't know if that exists, but I think it's terrible. I think really, if you want to do an absentee ballot, you need to have it turned in earlier than election night. Hopefully we will get a sense of who's going to be president on election night, like who's been elected, but I highly doubt it. I think it's going to take weeks. And I know Nancy Pelosi has decided to start preparing for a potential house vote. A big thing about all this is you probably haven't, many of us have not heard this in the media even, but we're starting to win some of those core cases that we, that were talked about our Republicans were suing some courts and some of the liberal states. 
Um, we're starting to win some of those cases now, but you're not going to hear the media because they want you to think that, oh, this election has already been decided by the media and the elitist. When it hasn't, you have the power this year to vote. But you know what? If some of these people win and they go to a big Supreme Court and they get to pick everybody, you may not have a fair election process in the future. So that's why it's important that you vote on one person and you have your vote on by election day so it's a fair game. Yeah, and uh, one last point and then um, we'll end the podcast. But absentee and mail-in are two different things. I think everyone knows that. Is absentee, absentee voting safe? Yes, it is. But unsolicited mail-in ballots, are they safe? No, they're not. And um, I think that um, the Democrats... Well, I know that the Democrats, they want mail-in voting, not absentee ballots, but they want mail-in voting universally because that's how you rig an election. And you see every day in the news that something has happened to mail-in ballots. And most of the um, uh, issues are with Trump ballots for whatever reason. Isn't that just, I just want to say, isn't that a little bit interesting? It, just the Trump ballots are disappearing, you know? Yeah, the the... The I think it was the military ballots or something just dumped in a ditch somewhere. They all voted for Trump. Isn't that a little interesting? Yeah, I mean, I mean, how do I mean, you know, come on, that's like, um, you know, the boys getting favored over the girls in school for something. You know, we're all boys make a special project, but no girls or all girls make a special project and boys don't. Wouldn't that be a little bit interesting?